This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. I told you about strawberry fields. You know the place where nothing is real. Well, here's another place you can go. Where everything grows. Looking through the bent back tubes. See how the other half lives. Looking through your glass on your... Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this very special edition of Glass Onions. I am Vince Russo, and it is... May 21st, 9 a.m. Mountain Time. I am live, bro, and I am giving you a free little bonus, a free little bonus sneak peek on Twitch this morning. Hope you guys are watching along. I'm going to give you about the first five minutes or so of this show. Then hopefully if you like what you see, you can subscribe to russosbrand.com and get many, 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 many shows for under $5 a month. Uh, that has been our price forever, bro. $4.95 a month. You get many, many, many shows, many, many, many different, different personalities, pretty much a show daily. And, uh, One of these shows is Glass Onions, bro, and that's where we go down rabbit holes together. I I am a, uh, I wouldn't call myself a conspiracy theorist, but I enjoy uh, looking into different types of conspiracies and, you know, not not the serious ones, bro, not, you know, JFK, 9-11, not the ones that people have gone over a million times. I tend to lean more towards, you know, the entertainment field, the the music field. Uh, we get into some interesting conversations about pop culture, uh, television, movies, all that stuff right here on Glass Onions. So I'm going to give you a little taste, bro, of what this week's show is going to be about. And then, like I said, man, hopefully you go over to Russo'sBrand.com. You give us a try. Uh, you subscribe. See if you like it. We have a lot of fun with this show because today I am going to look into the late, great comedian Andy Kaufman. Now, bro, I was a huge Andy Kaufman mark. Absolutely huge. First time I saw Latka on a taxi. Absolutely fell in love with him then uh everything he did in in the wrestling ring uh with USWA with Jerry Lawler with with David Letterman absolutely priceless bro his his um guest host on the uh, uh Saturday night live you know the the mighty M- mouse i mean just an unbelievable cutting edge decades ahead of his time comic Andy Kaufman I can't say enough I can't say enough about Andy Kaufman man well we all know many 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 years ago uh Andy Kaufman passed away 
due to cancer. Um, however, since Andy was the prankster and Andy was the guy always pulling stunts, many have questioned whether or not Andy Kaufman actually faked his own death. Now, I know on the surface that sounds absolutely ridiculous. But I'm going to start this show off um, by telling you something that I remember vividly, literally probably about a week or so uh, prior to Andy Kaufman dying. Bro, you ever see those videos, bro, where you go to, you know, foreign countries, wherever it is you go, and there are these faith healers, and they do the gimmick where they got the they got the pan and they rub your stomach and they 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 make it look like they are literally pulling out the cancer from your body. You guys have seen this. I know you've seen this, bro. That's what Andy Kaufman went and got done. And I remember this vividly, bro, because at the time, man, there were that was the cover of the National Enquirer. That was the cover of the National Enquirer. And bro, hey, listen, man, if 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 you if you got half a yeah, voodoo. Voodoo, my friend Frank says. Bro, if you got half a brain, you know this was a work and you know it was almost like a, a magician sleight of hand. You knew it was absolute bullshit, bro. And I also knew at that time, bro, bro, Andy Kaufman ain't buying into this shit. I mean, look, look at this on the cover of the National Enquirer. And I remember at the time, bro, it looked like an absolute work. An absolute work, and I questioned it then. The cover of the Inquirer, as Frank said, voodoo shit. Was was Andy Kaufman really buying into this? So, guys, my point is, before he died, I suspected something was not uh, right here. Something was a little kabuki-ish. And we are going to go into that right here today. All right, guys, listen, man, I'm going to get off of Twitch. We're going to have an interesting conversation, bro. Guys, check it out, man. Russo'sBrand.com. Bro, we've been in existence now for almost 10 years. Nobody does more podcasts than I do. You will get your money's worth and beyond. It's how I make a living. And in the meantime, everybody on the channel gets paid. All the wrestlers on the channel get paid. So you really contribute to helping them out as well. So, bro, we're going to go talk about Andy Kaufman. You guys on uh, Twitch, go to russosbrand.com. Sign up a buck and a quarter a week, guys. Uh, And I promise you, you will be thoroughly, thoroughly entertained. All right, guys, let me continue on with the show, man. I'm going to look into Andy Kaufman. Is there the slightest possibility that this man is alive? And I'm going to go back to an article, guys. It is about eight years old, but I found it very, very interesting because it came from the New Yorker. Uh, And the New Yorker is a very, very, very respected magazine. 
It came from the culture desk. Is Andy Kaufman alive? This was written by Avi Steinberg, March 31st, 2015. Last month, when the 40th anniversary special for SNL aired, speculation grew on Twitter that Andy Kaufman would make his big comeback during the live program, possibly by crashing it, an unlikely proposition given that Kaufman died in 1984. Wow, bro. So this is going to be the 40th anniversary of Andy Kaufman. Next year will be 40 years, bro. 40 years that Andy Kaufman has been dead. Incredible. Undaunted. Kaufman heads followed themselves a beautiful, uh, I'm sorry, allowed themselves a beautiful moment to imagine that damn man was at any instant about to stumble into Studio 8H, probably looking as bloated and careworn and ornery as Tony Clifton, his Vegas lounge lizard alter ego. Kaufman, after all, was a guy who used to go on stage and recite the entire text of The Great Gatsby. From younger and more vulnerable years until boats against the current merrily shooing away most of his audience. Could that experiment in slow cook comic timing have been a practice run for a 30 year act? Now, 40 years. Alas, Kaufman was a no show again. Kaufman's post-humorous reputation has grown in tandem with the rise of a cult that venerates him as a culture god, the harbinger of our comedy, Verite sensibility. One of the central tenets of this cult is that Andy Kaufman is really and truly alive, possibly in, in New Mexico and probably a monk waiting for the perfect moment to reveal himself. Bro, I've read up on this literally for the last 40 years. I never heard the monk. I never heard the monk angle. Whether the story is supported by facts is immaterial. This itself is another tenant. With Kaufman, the key was always to inhabit a character all the way, whether or not cameras were rolling and to operate under the principle that passionate, persistent uh, fictions are indistinguishable from fact. Faith performed perfectly becomes fact. That was Kaufman's act. Now, in his long and ever-growing absence, it is his fans' turn to inhibit the role and sustain the perfect performance of faith. You know, bro, it's funny because... If anybody was going to do this, it was going to be Andy Kaufman. As I said, bro, this dude was way ahead of his time. The the chances he took throughout his career, bro, uh, and, and he had so many ups and downs because the fact of the matter is, since he was so out there, man, a lot of people did not understand him. And a lot of the time, bro, when he was alive, people didn't know if it was fact or fiction. They didn't know if he was putting on an act or not. So he was greatly, greatly misunderstood, which probably kept him from uh, just achieving iconic status, even though 
in my eyes, he was without a, he without a doubt is iconic. When he died of cancer at the age of 35, so this would make him 75, still very plausible. Even some of Kaufman's closest friends and family members were convinced that it was a show. These rumors were helped along by Kaufman's friends, unreliable narrators all, who claim that Kaufman often spoke about faking his own death. And Bob Zamuda, Kaufman's close pal and collaborator, has written in a recent book, it cannot be a coincidence that Kaufman, famous for the ambivalence about fame, disappeared so suddenly. It seems just too perfectly scripted. Now, bro, Zamuda, who managed Kaufman, were very, very, very tight. Um, So even if this is a hoax, no doubt doubt that Zamuda would keep this alive in the uh, spirit of Andy Kaufman. So no problem, bro, that 40 years later he would keep playing along because... That's what his friend would want. In his odd and rambling book, The Truth Finally, Zamuda lays out his argument that Kaufman faked his own death. He examines Kaufman's every motive for playing dead, some of which are entirely plausible. Who can dispute that Kaufman's parents probably erred in telling a particularly sensitive Andy that his recently deceased and and beloved grandfather, Papu, had merely gone away on a long trip? Towards the end of the truth, finally, though, Zamoda concedes that his belief in Kaufman's big secret may well be his own way of sidestepping another big secret, that Kaufman was gay and that he may have died of an undiagnosed, misdiagnosed, or covered-up case of first-wave AIDS. Kaufman's friends were long sworn to public silence about his sexuality until Stanley Kaufman, the family uh, patriot, died in 2023. Now, bro, I have not heard that spin on this. That that is the why is that the first time I'm hearing about that? In the new book, the AIDS theory belongs to Lynn Margulies, who Zamuda identifies as the love of Andy's life. She was also the filmmaker behind I'm from Hollywood, an excellent documentary style art film detailing Kaufman's wrestling exploits. She is a close witness and source, and the new book is full of her takes, spliced into Zamuda's text in italicized glosses like a running commentary. Zamuda concedes that Kaufman came out to him and that he was aware that his friend haunted San Francisco's Castro district in the early 80s. Now, bro, I can't imagine that Bob Zamuda would be clowning uh, about something like this. Um, after the passing of his friend, I highly doubt this. So this is, this is very interesting. This made for an awkward conversation for Zamuda, an admitted homophobe, but his account of the conversation is also touching for how much he, despite his limitations, deeply loved and accepted Kaufman as a person. Still, Zamuda doesn't agree with the AIDS theory, 
or any theory that would have Kaufman as dead. He insists that the man is alive and that Kaufman had set 30 years, which is to say right about now, as the end date for his return. I wonder if they're going to do this thing all over again, bro, when it's 40 years. I wonder if they're going to do it all over again. He claims that Kaufman told him all about it. In the book, Zamuda switches among freewheeling reminiscences, flattery, flattery boasts, quibbles, and theories, finally setting on direct appeals to Kaufman circa 215. Andy, I know you're reading this, Zamuda writes. Please come back. Do it for me. You know, bro, this is a... This is really interesting because this was his gimmick, bro. This was uh, Andy Kaufman's gimmick. And would this have not been the absolute greatest work of all time? And, bro, again, without a shadow of a doubt, his buddy Zamuda, who was in on everything with him, wrestling, um, you know, Letterman, the whole nine yards. Of course, bro, he would keep this alive for his friend. As a performance piece, piece, the truth finally is a welcome addition to the Kaufman canon. It's part of a script that Zamuda has helped shape almost since the beginning. The book also helps document the more down-to-earth legacy of Kaufman as a performer renegade. In one intriguing passage, Zamuda claims that David Chappelle told him over a joint that Kaufman's sensibility was an inspiration for his own departure from show business. But most of the book is preoccupied with making the argument for Kaufman's death act. Zamuda, for the record, isn't the only insider who continues to talk like this. Kaufman's brother, Michael Kaufman, said in public that he had received a letter from Andy as late as 1999. Now, he has later recanted that. See, again, bro, this makes sense that everybody in, in, in Kaufman's inner circle would want to keep this alive in the spirit of, of Andy Kaufman. That's why this uh, conspiracy theory is just a little different. But to me, what makes the death routine dramatically persuasive is how embedded it was in Kaufman's act. Death and resurrection were at the heart of his 1979 TV special, which almost didn't air due to its weirdness. I remember that special, bro. In which he staged a touching interview with Howdy Doody the Puppet. Working in his vulnerable boy mode, Kaufman became dismayed to learn that Howdy, his hero from childhood, had been confined to a box in storage for nearly two decades. But this disillusionment wasn't only the pretext for an object lesson. If Howdy Doody could molder in a box for decades, he might also be made to reappear under the bright lights of TV. Perhaps Kaufman wanted to put himself into the box in order to re-emerge. So in other words, this is very much like the uh, uh, Billy Shears, Billy Shepard, Paul McCartney was 
Kaufman, you know, giving us giving us some some forewarning of perhaps what was to come, some forwarding of what was to come using this scenario with Howdy Doody in the box coming back to life. You know, Andy Kaufman dying, being put in a box, coming back to life. Was this a foreshadowing, so to speak? Kaufman put this fantasy into dramatic action with his Elvis impression, which was the denouncement of his foreign man routine. Foreign man was a sweetheart of a stand-up comedian who was so artless that he couldn't tell a single successful joke or accomplish even the faintest impression. The foreign man, of course, would later uh, be a form of uh, a latka on taxi. He could, however, do Elvis like a seasoned professional. Kaufman would present this discovery on stage in a poof of magic that used to send a rush of sheer delight and relief through the audience. This act drew out anxiety and hostility from people, then immediately cured them of it. Watching foreign man bomb miserably on stage had a divisive effect. The audience would often turn against itself with some booing. Others were sympathetic to poor foreign man shooshing the boers while most people just shrunk in their seats in vicarious mortification. But when Kaufman brought out the king, audiences would be instantly unified. Sometimes they would begin to dance. Then came the perfect punchline tied up like a bow. Kaufman would switch back into foreign man, often up a shy curtsy and say, thank you very much. The crowd would jump for joy. Kaufman's Elvis was a performance of the Stations of Cross, which foreign man as a cross bearer and Elvis as the resurrected King Messiah. The key to the act was in the way that it evoked a full range of truly felt emotions, genuine disdain, uh, genuine shame, genuine unease. What made it comedy was its conclusion. It ended well for everyone. Most of Kaufman's routine stroked anxiety by going on far longer than uh, felt safe, sometimes for weeks and months, but they almost always found a happy resolution. His taking a Carnegie Hall audience out from milk and cookies was the most famous example. So what, what the author is saying here is that from foreign man to Elvis, Part of Andy Kaufman's act was he would take you on this roller coaster ride that would always end on a positive note. So, again, if you look at the faking of his own death, you've got the sadness, the trauma, the anxiety, the depression of death, but it ends with a happy ending of Andy being alive and well. Behind these satisfying endings was a performance of the ultimate satisfying ending. The annihilation of the need for an ending, the neutralizing of death uh, 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 agnust. Not only would Kaufman die so that he could be resurrected, he would have the audience participate in killing him to to grant it the joy of total forgiveness. The goal wasn't to prank audience members, which would make them feel like mere fools, 
but to free them from their anxieties and transform them into their best selves. He wanted his audience to feel innocent and included, hopeful and free from fear. Not that he ever let on in public about those motivations. Kaufman was careful in his choice to revive the king. While on another stage, he undertook an obsessive Freudian quest to slay the wrestler Jerry the King Lawler. Even in its time, Elvis's own act was a death drama. The people who watched late period Elvis in Vegas were, in a sense, already seeing him posthumously. Those events weren't Elvis Presley shows. They were elaborate public Elvis sightings. Elvis himself was the first Elvis impersonator. The act was clearly clearly disconnected from the person. The disconnect was the act. It was like a comedic version of the theological concept of dualism. The distinction between the body and the soul. The act was the soul, or as Calvin put it, an immortal uh, uh, through created essence. An immortal though creative essence, uh, sorry, that existed as a separate entity from the mortal man. Which is why it is so easy to believe posthumous reports of Elvis sightings at gas stations in East Texas even after his body had departed. His soul, the act, remained as strong as ever. Indeed, the death of the man proved the immortality of the act. This, too, was the reason that Kaufman's foreign man, who couldn't do impersonations, could do Elvis. He wasn't doing an impression of Elvis. He was inviting back Elvis's true self. Yes, Kaufman's death act is going on a bit long, but it must. It wouldn't be a death act if it didn't. The longer it goes, the more Andy Kaufman waits for his cues, the deeper the joy when he returns to take his shy bow. Bro, you know what the funny thing is about this? As I stated, Andy Kaufman would be about 75 years old right now. This article, bro, was written 10 years ago. Um, and it was written about him coming out uh, the 30th anniversary of his death on Saturday Night Live. But I remember at some point his daughter was involved, uh, and his daughter claimed she had heard from him, and he was going to, to make a return, and I believe she even gave a date, but that date never came to fruition. But you know what, bro, listen. What I really believe this is, is uh, an effort by people close to Andy Kaufman, especially Bob Zamuda, wanting to keep his spirit alive um, through Andy's works. Uh, This is what Andy would have wanted, the greatest prank of all time for people to believe he was still indeed alive and well. Totally understandable. However, bro, I got to tell you, there is the part of me that, bro, is this dude going to show up on his 80th birthday? Is that what we're waiting for, bro? There is still that part in me 
that is alive and well. And I believe that's that's what Andy Kaufman wants us all to hold on to. Because the fact of the matter is, I've never forgotten about this dude, bro. I've never forgotten about the greatness of, of Andy Kaufman. And, and, and like I said, man, it's going to be 40 years, bro. 40 years. I, I mean, what, what was I, 22 when Andy Kaufman pa- passed away and he had that much of a great impact on me prior to that? Um, the interesting part about this is the AIDS part. And that was coming from his girlfriend, um, which which I had never really heard about or examined before. That part is interesting because you got to remember, bro, 40 years ago, it was a different, forget different time, 1983, um, you know, bro, the dude, the dude's a huge star on television at the time. Uh, you know, people, people coming out back then, they just didn't um, in fear that their careers, their Hollywood careers would be absolutely ruined. So there could be some uh, truth to that. I don't know why his... um partner, his girlfriend. I don't know why she would lie about that. I don't know why she would make something like that up, bro. That's that's pretty serious. Um and the guy obviously is no longer with us. But but that's um that's interesting to me. Um and maybe that is why he went as far as uh to stage that uh, voodoo man, you know, pulling pulling the cancer from his body to really set off people on another on another track from what the truth was and what the cause of his death was. But listen man, let, let's face it man, it's it's interesting to talk about. It's fun to talk about. Uh, no doubt Andy Kaufman would love love hearing this conversation 40 years later, bro. We are still talking about this. Why, bro? Why? Probably for the hope that somewhere, I don't know, New Mexico. I don't know. He's a he's a monk, a monk colony, bro. I don't know. Somehow, some way, Andy Kaufman is alive and well. Interesting, bro. As always, man. Send me your comments, man. I love to hear what you have to say. OfficialVinceRusso at gmail.com. I want to hear from you, bro. Take care, everybody. Have a great day.